Welcome into another edition of the History of Birdland podcast. I am your host, Andy Snacks, and really excited to bring you this episode today. I'm not going to get too much into it, but again, sorry for the hiatus. I really am going to try better to put these episodes out on a much more uh, weekly basis, and I am, I'm excited to talk about today's game because I'm going to go back into 1996, you know, the, the two-year resurgence of the Baltimore Orioles, and going to go back to a game recap. This is the this is the second game recap we've done with the History of Birdland podcast. Uh, the first one I did was game 162 of the 2011 season, that epic ending to that season where the Orioles won in dramatic fashion, eliminating the Red Sox from the postseason in the process, and kind of what launched the 2012 to 16 resurgence of the Baltimore Orioles. But today we're going back to 1996 and maybe one of the most bizarre up and down, exciting breathtaking finishes slash games in Baltimore Orioles history. And it happened in the middle of May in 1996. It's the epic Chris Hoyles ultimate grand slam walk-off, which if you don't know what an ultimate Grand Slam is, it's when your team is down by three, it's a 3-2 count, two outs, bottom of the ninth, and you hit the Grand Slam to give your team the win. So we're going to go over that game. It happened in May of 1996, May 17th to be exact. Quick little background here on how both teams entered this game in May of 96. The Orioles were just getting off a two-game road trip in Oakland, they had a couple days off here, so I don't know exactly what happened, but I'm I'm willing to bet that uh, it was probably a three-game series in Oakland, and the Orioles had a, an off day to travel, and maybe the Wednesday, because they, they played on Monday and Tuesday, and then they had Wednesday and Thursday off, and just, just to have two games off back-to-back in a baseball season especially in the middle of the week, it's very unheard of. So I'm, I'm willing to bet that there was probably a rain out or a postponement. Either way, the Orioles would enter this game at 21 and 17. They actually got uh, off that two game series in Oakland with back-to-back wins. So they came in a little bit of an, on, on a hot streak, 21 and 17 going into this game. As for the Mariners, they also had a quick two game series. Uh, this one in New York against the Yankees, they would split those two games they would enter this game 21 and 18. So 21 and 17, 21 and 18, two very evenly matched teams. And if you're a fan of the Orioles, which I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you are a fan of the Orioles. You remember some of the epic battles that the Orioles and Mariners had in the mid nineties, just two really good teams, two playoff teams and a lot of memorable games between the two. So let's get into it because we're going to go inning by inning because this game is so crazy. There's so many runs being scored, so many hits, so many things in general happening in this game. Uh, so we're just going to go inning by inning here with the Orioles and Mariners. May 17th, 1996, it was played at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. 47,259 fans, so big crowd on hand to see this uh, early season matchup between the Mariners and the Orioles. Two very good teams, like I said, the two winning records, 21 and 17, 21 and 18. Uh, Oriole Park, very new, I mean, relatively new uh, still. 
with the park being opened in 1992, this is 1996, and now you got a good team in it in that ballpark. So a lot of excitement going into this game. Let's go into the starting lineups for both teams. First, the Mariners uh, batting first, Darren Bragg playing left field. Batting second, Alex Rodriguez playing shortstop. Batting third and playing center field, Ken Griffey Jr. Batting fourth and DHing, Edgar Martinez. Batting fifth and playing right field, Jay Buhner. Batting sixth and playing first base, Paul Sorrento. Catching for the Mariners is Dan Wilson, and he's batting seventh. Joey Cora batting eighth and playing second base, and Russ Davis batting ninth and playing third base. Starting pitcher tonight, or this night, for the uh, Seattle Mariners, May 17th, 1996, Bob Walcott. For the Orioles, Brady Anderson, as usual in those mid-90s teams, he's leading off playing center field. Luis Polonia, DHing, batting second. Roberto Alomar, batting third, uh, playing second base. Rafael Palmero batting cleanup and playing first base. Bobby Bonilla batting fifth and playing in right field. BJ Serhoff batting sixth, playing third base tonight for the O's. Batting seventh, Cal Ripken Jr. and playing shortstop. Catching for the Orioles, Chris Hoyles batting eighth. And Jeffrey Hammonds would bat ninth and play left field for the Birds. Jimmy Haynes would get the uh, ball tonight or on May 17th for the Orioles in this game. So let's just get right into it. The Orioles and the Mariners, we're just going to go inning by inning and just break down this crazy up and down contest between two of the better teams in the mid nineties. Top of the first, pretty, uh, pretty quiet for the Mariners. Only four batters came to the plate. They had one hit. Ken Griffey singled with two outs, but came nothing came of it. And four guys up uh, a one hit, one left on base, 0-0. Zero, zero. Bottom of the first, the Orioles would strike first. Brady Anderson led off the inning with an RBI double. He would then advance to third on a wild pitch. And then Luis Polonia uh, would homer to right field. And all of a sudden, it's 2 nothing Orioles in the bottom of the first inning. No, no other damage was done in the bottom of the first. So after one, Orioles two, Mariners nothing. Top of the second, still... Not much going on for the Mariners. They do get a couple hits. Paul Sorrento singled to left. And then after a pop fly uh, by Dan Wilson for the second out of the inning, Joey Cora then singled. Uh, but then Russ Davis ended the inning with a strikeout. So two hits, two men left on base. The Mariners still trail 2 nothing as we head into the bottom of the second. Again, the Orioles would put some runs on the board after a leadoff walk by Jeffrey Hammonds. Brady Anderson would pop up for the first out of the inning. Luis Polonia doing some more damage. He singled to left. Hammonds would go to second base. Robbie Alomar comes up with two guys on. He would ground out, but luckily for the O's, both runners would advance, bringing up Rafael Palmero, who doubled. Hammonds scores. Polonia scores. And now all of a sudden, the Orioles now lead four to nothing at the end of two. But like we said, this was a crazy game, a back-and-forth game, and the Mariners are a damn good baseball team, especially in the mid-'90s. Uh, they would respond in the top of the third. Darren Bragg led off the inning with a single. Alex Rodriguez would strike out. Ken Griffey doubled, uh, advancing Bragg to third. And then arguably one of the best hitters of his era, maybe one of the best hitters in general, Edgar Martinez would come up to the plate. He singled. Bragg scores. Griffey scores. And the uh, Mariners cut the Orioles lead to four to two as we go into the bottom of the third inning. But again, the Orioles continue to swing the hot bats in the bottom of the third. Cal Ripken 
singles to center to lead off the inning. A ground out by Hoyles. The force out was at second base, so he reaches on a fielder's choice. Jeffrey Hammonds would come up and doubled to left. Hammonds would now be on second. Hoyles is on third. Brady Anderson is next. He strikes out. Quick note, before the strikeout, Bob Wolcott, the starting pitcher for the Mariners, is replaced. So after the Brady Anderson strikeout, Mike Devereaux actually pinch hits for Luis Polonia. Even though Polonia had had a good game, he homered and singled in his two previous at-bats. Mike Devereaux would pinch hit for Polonia. He would walk to load the bases. Robbie Alomar comes up. He walks as well. So the Orioles would score their fifth run of the night. And then Rafael Palmero does even more damage. He singles. Two runs score. Jeffrey Hammonds and Mike Devereaux both score, making it 7-2 Orioles at the end of three innings. Nine runs being scored in the first three innings. And then the, it starts to even out a little bit or, or starts to get a little quiet here in the game. In the top of the fourth inning for the Mariners, Russ, only three batters come to the plate. It was a fly out by Russ Davis. Darren Bragg then singled. And then A-Rod grounded into a double play end of the inning. Uh, for the first time in the night, the Orioles actually go down quietly in the bottom of the fourth. Only four guys come to the plate. B.J. Surhoff lined out. Ripken doubled, but then Hoyles and Hammonds both uh, go down quietly. So through four, it's still the Orioles' seven, Mariners' two. Top of the fifth inning. Mariners try to get something going, but nothing happens. So Ken Griffey lines out uh, to start the inning, but then Edgar Martinez and Jay Buhner walk back-to-back. Uh, a fly out by Paul Sorrento makes it two outs. Then Dan Wilson gets hit by a pitch. So the Mariners have three guys on base, and none of them got hits. Two walks and a hit by pitch. But Joey Cora would come up uh, with the bases loaded. He would ground out to the first baseman who would flip it to the pitcher, Haynes. So the biggest threat of the Mariners so far of the night goes for not. Uh, so we go into the bottom of the fifth inning, still 7-2 Baltimore. Bottom of the fifth, another quiet inning for the Orioles after back-to-back flyouts by Anderson and Devereaux. Alomar singles, Palmero hits his third hit of the game to advance Alomar to second, but then Bobby Bonilla would fly out to the third baseman, and that is it through five, still Orioles seven, Mariners two. Now, here's when the Mariners really start to get back into the game. So we entered the sixth inning. Jimmy Haynes's night is over for the Orioles, so he pitched five innings, only gave up two runs. Would have been enough to get the win. Uh, Arthur Rhodes comes in for the Orioles to start the sixth inning. Russ Davis singles to start the inning. Darren Bragg singles, and then Davis goes to second on the single. And then Alex Rodriguez would double. Both runs would score. And now it's Orioles seven, Mariners four. Ken Griffey comes up next, and Rhodes walks him. So, And then Rhodes is done. So Arthur Rhodes comes in, faces four guys, doesn't get any out. It's 7-4, to four, and now there's two guys on base for Edgar Martinez. So Edgar Martinez comes up. He grounds out, uh, force out at second base, but Alex Rodriguez scores. There was a throwing error on the play, too, and now it's 7-5 Orioles. Uh, next couple guys, Jay Buhner lines out to shortstop for the second out of the inning. Paul Sorrento would come up. He doubles, driving Martinez to third. Dan Wilson is up next. He singles. Martinez would score, and it's 7-6. 
So a four-run top of the sixth inning, and it's Orioles seven, Mariners six as we head into the bottom of the sixth. Yet again, the Orioles are unable to really do anything in their half of the inning. B.J. Serhoff leads it off with a single, so and then Ripken follows up with another single. But then the next three O's, Hoyles, Hammonds, and Anderson, all fail to reach base, so the Orioles go quietly in the bottom of the sixth. Top of the seventh, Mariners uh, trying to get the lead for the first time tonight, but unfortunately, does not work out for them. Russ Davis flies out to start the inning. Darren Bragg grounds out, two away. The Mariners try to, to, to mount something. Their two best hitters, Alex Rodriguez, Ken Griffey Jr., back-to-back singles, but then Edgar Martinez would strike out to end the inning. So bottom of the seven. So let's keep this in mind, too. We're in the seventh inning. It's 7-6. Both teams will score a lot more runs before this night is over. So the, and, we're, and, we're, and we're pretty late into the game at this point. I just wanted to I just wanted to point that out that here we are. I'm gonna pick it up here in the bottom of the seventh inning for the Orioles. It's seven six. There there's gonna be a lot more runs being scored here. And speaking of that, bottom of the seventh inning for the Orioles, Mike Devereaux leads it off with a single to center field. Unfortunately, he gets caught stealing, so he's out. Robbie Alomar would single. <laughs> so uh a big, a big out there uh, throwing Mike Devereaux out on the caught stealing. Rafael Palmero comes through again. What a night for him. He homers after the Alomar single to make it 9-6 Orioles. The next two guys for the O's uh, go quietly. So we're going into the eighth inning. Orioles 9, Mariners 6. This is when it starts to get a little bit out of control. So top of the eighth inning, Jay Buhner. He would start with a single. Paul Sorrento. He would single. Buner goes to second. Dan Wilson, he singles. Buner scores. Sorrento goes to third. And the score is now 9-7. Next up is Joey Cora. He has a fielder's choice. Paul Sorrento is out, but Wilson advances to second. Cora goes to first, so there's the first out of the inning. Luis Soho comes up. He flies out. The Mariners still have two guys on and now two away. The next hitter, Brian Hunter, he walks. So Wilson goes to third, Cora goes to second, Hunter goes to first. Bases loaded. The Mariners have had bases loaded before in this game, and nothing came of it. But this time, they have Alex Rodriguez at the plate, and Rodriguez hits a grand slam. That's right. Grand slam. Mariners take the lead 11-9. to Ken Griffey would end the inning just flying out to center field, but a... Five-run eighth inning for the Mariners. It's 11-9 Seattle. This game is not over yet, though. As we enter the bottom of the eighth inning, Cal Ripken leads off the inning with a solo home run. Nothing else would happen for the Orioles that inning, but now the score is 11-10 Seattle. Top of the ninth. (laughs) What What did I tell you? It's getting crazy. Top of the ninth inning. Edgar Martinez leads it off with a single to center field. And then Jay Buhner comes up and homers to make it 13-10. So the Mariners add even more to their lead here in the top of the ninth inning. Then the next three Mariners hitters would just all get out. And so we enter the bottom of the ninth inning. The reason that we're all here, 13-10 Mariners. So here we go. Bottom of the ninth inning. This is what we all came for in this episode. Roboto Alomar leads it off with a walk. And then Rafael Palmero, who had a big night, strikes out. 
So there's the first out. Bobby Bonilla comes up. He doubles and it drives Alomar to third. So we got runners on second and third and only one out. Up next, Billy Ripken. He pinch hits for Jeff Houston. He fouls out to first base. So there's two away. Now Cal Ripken, who's already homered tonight. Uh, he comes up. He walks. And now it sets the stage. Chris Hoyles, who honestly, before this night, before this at bat, had not had a good night at the plate. Chris Hoyles was 0 for 5 before this at bat. So he was not having a good night swinging the bat on May 17th. But he comes up against Norm Charlton, bottom of the ninth, 3-2 pitch, two outs, down by three, and here's what happens. Three and two the count. And they'll all be running. Ripken, the possible tying run, of course. And if Royals hit one in between them now, Cal might be able to score with this running start. There they go. And the pinch. Swing and a long drive to left center field. It is gone! A grand slam! The Orioles have won it! One of the craziest, most improbable wins you could ever imagine. Chris Hoyles, like I said, before that at bat, 0 for 5, had had a terrible night at the plate. Comes up in the clutch against one of the best lefties in the game at that time. Maybe he was near the tail end of his career, but he had he had put together a, quite an impressive career, and the Orioles win a shocking game <laughs> in, in mid-May against the Seattle Mariners, 14-13. So let's look at the box score here. We'll go ending. I know we just went ending by ending about what happened in each one, but I just, I just want to go through just the score lines. So the Mariners, first inning, zero, second inning, zero, third inning, two, fourth inning, zero, fifth inning, zero, sixth inning, four, seventh inning, zero, eighth inning, five, ninth inning, two. The final line for the Mariners, 13 runs, 21 hits, zero errors. For the Orioles, two in the first, two in the second, three in the third, zero in the fourth, fifth, and sixth before ending the game with two in the seventh, one in the eighth, and of course four in the ninth. Their final line, 14 runs, 21 hits, two errors. So there were 42 hits in this game and 27 runs. Just <laughs> unbelievable. I'm not going to go through every person's stat line, but some interesting ones that popped up. Alex Rodriguez this night, three for six, six RBIs. Remember, he hit the grand slam earlier for the Mariners that put them in the lead for the first time. So he was three for six with six RBIs, two runs scored. And, and of course, the grand he had a grand slam and a double. Jay Buhner, three for five. Two runs scored, two RBIs. He hit a home run on the night for them. Ken Griffey Jr. didn't have any RBIs, but he had a three-for-five night, scored a run, walked once. Dan Wilson, the catcher for the Mariners, had a two-for-four night, two RBIs, one run, one walk, and he was hit by a pitch. Some uh, some Orioles that stood out. Rafael Palmero, what a game he had. <laughs> if it wasn't for the walk-off grand slam, we could have been talking about this might have been Rafael Palmero's greatest game as an Oriole. 
He was five for six with six RBIs, one run scored. He homered and doubled. Uh, Luis Polonia, we talked about him. He only he only batted twice, but he was two for two for two runs scored, two RBIs, and he homered. Cal Ripken Jr., four for five, two runs, one RBI, one walk. He homered and doubled. And like I said, Chris Hoyles, <laughs> before that at bat, he was 0 for 5, so he finished the day 1 for 6 with two runs scored, four RBIs, one strikeout, and he homered. The pitching lines for both teams, <laughs> these were not good nights for the pitchers. The starting pitcher for the Mariners, Bob Wolcott, only pitched two and a third inning, nine hits, six runs, all of them earned, two walks, one home run, uh, 6.32 ERA for the night. For the Orioles, Jimmy Haynes actually didn't pitch that bad for a starting pitcher, uh, especially in a game that ended 14-13. He really didn't pitch that bad. Uh, he pitched five innings, gave eight hits, two runs, both of them earned, three strikeouts, three walks. So not not the greatest line in the world, but like I like I said earlier in the podcast, he was in line for the win until the craziness of that game happened. But other Orioles did not have good nights. As I mentioned, Arthur Rhodes he only faced four batters. He gave up three hits, four runs, all of them earned one walk. Uh, Roger McDowell didn't pitch too bad, two and a third innings, uh, seven hits, three runs, all of them earned. Uh, Alan Mills also did not have a good night for the Orioles. He, he pitched an inning and a third, three hits, four runs, all of them earned one walk. So no, no, not, not really any great pitching outings that, uh, on this night in May in 96, I wanted to play this before we get out of here. It's from Masson. Uh, I think this was a part of the Orioles celebrating uh, Camden Yards, and they did, I think they were counting down the greatest games ever in Oriole Park history, and they sat down with Chris Hoyles, and they talked with him about this moment. And so I wanted to play a part of this. This is from the Orioles, Chris Hoyles, talking about the ultimate Grand Slam that night um, in May of 96. For the Orioles, they have nine runs on the board, and still, you're not sure that it's enough. The Mariners are just a base hit away from tying this game. That was actually a really crazy game, you know, as far as scoring runs. I mean, that was a slugfest. That really was. I mean, the Mariners could hit. Alex Rodriguez, the youngest player in the major leagues at age 20, and the, the sky is the limit for this kid. Alex Rodriguez hit a grand slam earlier in the game that put them on top. have come all the way back. Seattle is ahead for the first time in the game. It is 11 to 9 Seattle. Yeah, that's pretty much uh that's pretty much everything. Welcome back to Camden Yards. It has been a wild affair with Seattle leading 13 to 10. There'll be some drama in this inning, however. Norm Charlton is closer, hard throwing lefty with a fork ball. And Charlton off to a great start this year as well. Roberto Alomar. Ball four. Alomar draws a walk on the appeal. Jim Evans says no, he didn't swing. Norm was a very good big league pitcher, a uh, very good closer. Bobby Bonilla comes up. Here's the pitch. That's a base hit down the left field line. 
Bobby Alomar will go to third. Benia digging for second. They've got a shot at him. He's safe. Whoa. Big gamble, but it paid off. You know, he had a really good split-finger fastball, and everybody knew it. He, he liked to use it and could throw it for strikes at any time. And that leaves it to Cal Ripken. Well, how about just a three-run home run? We can uh, go into extra innings. Why not? And Chris Spoils on deck has not swung the bat. 0 for 5 tonight. A lot of guys don't have success uh, at those times because they get worked up about it. So now here's Hoyles, and he is the only Oriole not to get a hit tonight. They have 20 hits on the board, none of them by Hoyles. Well, Hoyles has never had a hit off Norm Charles. He's 0 for 6 lifetime against him. I didn't really get worked up about it. I kind of was able to, to calm myself and, and take the situation in and try not to do too much. In a game where it seems like everything has happened, now it's starting to rain. Bases loaded. The game on the line. Ball in. What made Norm so tough as a hitter was you never knew when he was going to throw that splitting. Vicious cut by Hoyles, and it's one and one. Wow, what a great fork ball that was. You know, the at-bat was, uh, was actually a good one. The pitch on the way. Strike two. Ultimately, the pressure's on the pitcher. In the dirt to the fourth ball, two and two. He's got to give you a pitch to hit somewhere along that at-bat. You just hope that you don't miss it. Here's Charlton to the plate. Way high, three and two. The runners will be going. You know, the, the, the whole cliche of the three-two count, two outs, you know, bottom of the ninth and all that. And it's not over yet. Two outs. Bases loaded. Bottom of the ninth. 13 to 10 Mariners. Three and two the count. Yo, that, that was pretty special. And the pinch. Swing and a long drive to left center field. It is gone. A grand slam. The Orioles have won it. A grand slam to win it. Can you believe it? Like I said, he hung the split finger, didn't do a whole lot, and uh, I was able to put it in the seats for a game winner. Also, still here at Camden Yards are just berserk. I mean, you've never seen a scene like this. This is one of the wildest games I have ever seen in my life. You know, to be able to go out there and out-slug them like that in a game like that, the home runs and grand slams and everything else, I think we found our groove after that. I think a lot of guys started getting hot. I think that, that kind of catapulted everything offensively after that game. So, again, that was Chris Hoyles, and that was a piece put together by the Baltimore Orioles and Masson. I Like I said, I want to I say they put that together uh, for the 25th anniversary of Camden Yards. And I remember they did like top 25 games or tw top 25 moments at Oriole Park. And that was very high up on the list. And you can see why it was that high up on the list as Chris Hoyles with the ultimate grand slam. And Chris Hoyles is kind of a guy and, and we'll, I'll be sure to do 
a player profile on Chris Hoyles. He's one of my favorite players on, on that on those mid nineties teams. I almost feel like he gets lost in the mix a little bit of those mid nineties great Oriole teams. And not because he didn't produce, but it just you know, with all the other star power on the team, you know, Cal Ripken and Bobby Bonilla, Robbie Alomar, Brady Anderson, uh, Rafael Palmero. You know, there were so many really good players that, you know, Hall of Fame caliber players. Sometimes I think Chris Hoyles' name gets lost in the mix, but easily one of my favorite players during those mid-90 runs uh, of the Orioles in 96. And again, this was May 17th, 1996, kind of like Chris Hoyle said in that piece, kind of catapulted the Orioles into a wild card spot into the playoffs in the uh, ALCS in that season. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the history of Birdland podcast, Chris Hoyles and his ultimate grand slam. And like I said, we will definitely do a Chris Hoyles player profile sometime here in the near future. For the next episode, I think going with the crazy game type of theme, I just want to keep that going and and just kind of show you how how much of a nerd I am when it comes to the Orioles. The other night I was at home and I have a DVD and it was produced after the 2012 Orioles season and it's called The Buckle Up Birds, an underdog story. It was a production done by the Orioles and it was basically just recapping the 2012 season. In that 2012 season, the Orioles played a 17-inning marathon in Boston, and the reason that game was so significant was because Chris Davis, because of playing 17 innings, he actually pitched the last two innings and got the win against the Red Sox in one of the craziest games the Orioles played that year. So that's going to be our next episode. We're going to go through that 2012 game between the Orioles and the Red Sox where Chris Davis pitched two scoreless innings, scoreless innings and got the win in a crazy day at Fenway. So that'll do it for this episode. Again, thanks for listening. As always, uh, the socials, you can hit me on my personal social at Andy snacks, A N D Y S N A K S. There's no C in snacks. The show Twitter account is birdland history. Uh, you can also email the show at historyofbirdland at gmail.com if you have any thoughts or want to uh, make any suggestions for future episodes. I'm always up for uh, any suggestions you guys have. But until next time, next episode, again, will be the 2012 game at Fenway, 17-inning marathon. Chris Davis gets the win. And until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>